Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Keep your family safe, O Lord, with unfailing care, that, relying solely on the hope of heavenly grace, they may be defended always by your protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Job. Job began to speak. Is not man's life on earth nothing more than press service? His time no better than hired drudgery? Like the slave sighing for the shade, or the workman with no thought but his wages. Months of delusion I have assigned to me, nothing for my own but nights of grief. Lying in bed I wonder, when will it be day? Risen, I think, how slowly evening comes. Restlessly I fret till twilight falls. Swifter than a weaver's shuttle my days have passed and vanished, leaving no hope behind. Remember that my life is but a breath and that my eyes will never again see joy. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. Praise the Lord for he is good. Sing to our God for he is loving. To him our praise is due. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. The Lord builds up Jerusalem and brings back Israel's exiles. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up all their wounds. He fixes the number of the stars. He calls each one by its own name. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. Our Lord is great and almighty. His wisdom can never be measured. The Lord raises the lowly. He humbles the wicked to the dust. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I do not boast of preaching the gospel, since it is a duty which has been laid on me. I should be punished if I did not preach it. If I had chosen this work for myself, I might have been paid for it. But as I have not, it is a responsibility which has been put into my hands. Do you know what my reward is? It is this. In my preaching, to be able to offer the good news free and not insist on the rights which the gospel gives me. So though I am not a slave of any man, I have made myself the slave of everyone so as to win as many as I could. For the weak, I made myself weak. I made myself all things to all men in order to save some at any cost. And I still do this, for the sake of the gospel, to have a share in its blessing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. He bore our sickness and endured our suffering. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus went with James and John straight to the house of Simon and Andrew. Now Simon's mother-in-law had gone to bed with fever, 
and they told him about her straight away. He went to her, took her by the hand, and helped her up. And the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed by devils. The whole town came crowding round the door, and he cured many who were suffering from diseases of one kind or another. He also cast out many devils, but he would not allow them to speak, because they knew who he was. In the morning, long after dawn, he got up and left the house and went off to a lonely place and prayed there. Simon and his companions set out in search of him, and when they found him they said, Everybody is looking for you. He answered, Let us go elsewhere to the neighbouring country towns, so that I can preach there too, because that is why I came. And he went all through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out devils. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the Gospel today follows directly on from last week's. The evangelist Mark, um, he's giving us a snapshot of a day in the life of Jesus. Um, If you remember last week, it began on the Sabbath when Jesus entered the synagogue in Capernaum and began to teach. And you remember the crowd were impressed because by their own observation, he taught them with authority, unlike the scribes. Uh, and then he cured a demoniac, um, a man you know possessed with an unclean spirit. Um, and the unclean spirit claimed to know the true identity of Jesus as the Holy One of God. And, you know, Jesus commands the unclean spirit to be quiet, come out of him, and in shrieks, like, that's exactly what happens. And this, it makes a deep impression on the people. So we pick up from there. Now we see that Jesus is leaving the synagogue in Capernaum, And he goes to the house of Simon and Andrew, these two brother fishermen. Now, there's a deeper spiritual meaning contained here. The house of Peter. It's an image of the church. That house which is built on solid rock. And having entered the house of Peter, Jesus is told that Simon Peter's mother-in-law has taken to bed with a fever. Now, it's a simple statement of fact. She's unwell. That's why she's not around. But we need to remember that when the disciples talk to Jesus, they're actually talking to God. It's a moment of prayer. And in so few words and in a really simple way, Mark is showing us that the Lord is present in the house of the church and that he hears the prayers of his people. And so, having heard about the illness of Peter's mother-in-law, the Lord Jesus moves over to her, takes her by the hand, and helps her up. And it's here that we see what Christ accomplishes for his church. It's a healing of that fever which cripples us from accomplishing the service which God calls us to. And this is ultimately sin and death. So sin and death, you know, like the fever which Simon Peter's mother-in-law suffers, the disintegration of human life. The life which God has given us is not meant for sin or death, but for communion with him. Sin is what separates us from him. Death is what separates us from one another. And so the Lord Jesus shows in this moment that in the house of Peter, he puts right the affliction we suffer. He takes Simon Peter's mother-in-law by the hand and helps her up. 
This physical gesture of taking the woman by the hand paints a tender picture, but it also reminds us of the sacraments which the Lord Jesus dispels within the church, the house of Peter. The sacraments are the touch of Jesus. There's something tangible about the sacraments. Water which washes, oil which anoints, the Eucharist which nourishes, the words of forgiveness which reach our ears and touch our hearts. These are not simply intellectual realities. They're events. The true presence of Jesus within the house of Peter reaches out and touches the sick and wounded in the church. In taking the mother-in-law of Peter by the hand, he's showing that he's present and attentive to her prayers and the prayers of her son-in-law, and he's there to heal and restore the wounds inflicted by sin and death. Next, we see that Simon Peter's mother-in-law rises and begins to serve the Lord Jesus. And, you know, remember, of course, that it's the Sabbath, right? He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath, taught, all that sort of stuff. Well, Well, remember that the Sabbath is a day of rest, and there's strict rules against doing servile work on the holy day. You can't, you know, toil. And yet here we see Peter's mother-in-law, healed from her fever, that she begins to serve. But the service which Peter's mother-in-law offers Jesus and his companions isn't servile. It's not toil. It's not drudgery. It's not a distraction away from God. It's instead the service that is rendered to God, because that's who Jesus is. The healing which the Lord gives to this woman makes it possible for her to accomplish the will of God and to enter into communion with him. And so we're all called to a communion of love, and this love is expressed in service. And in the same way, we who are healed of sin and death in the house of Peter, we're called into faithful and loving service. Just as a married couple no longer see their time as their own possession, but see it as an opportunity to serve and express love for the other, so too our lives with respect to God. The Lord heals us so that we're made capable of using our time to express our love in serving the Lord. The healing presence of Christ in the house of Peter makes possible this new life of love and service. How fitting it is then that the sick gather at the door of the house of Peter in order to receive this healing. Here's the mission of the church. To welcome those who are at the doorstep, to bring them into the house, to pray for them and invite the Lord Jesus to heal, so that they too might be brought into the company of Christ and to serve the Father. Now, we hear that after the Lord Jesus had healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law, and after the sun had set on the Sabbath, a great number of people gathered to seek Jesus' healing. The Sabbath, of course, it ended at sunset, and so the customary rules about doing work on the Sabbath come to an end, and then the evening sees a large number of people coming to Jesus to receive this healing. Now, We don't know how long Jesus worked, but we get the sense that it was late into the night. And while it's still dark, you know, within the 24 hours that we're counting from the time of Jesus going into the synagogue in Capernaum to preach, we hear that the Lord Jesus gets up to pray in a lonely place. We often hear about the Lord at prayer before, you know, a major miracle or teaching, and we often hear about the Lord at prayer before a great moment of temptation. 
Of course, we hear about Christ praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and, you know, also the Lord praying during his uh, 40 days in the desert after being baptized by John. But on both occasions, we see Christ asking the Lord for strength to accomplish God's will. And here we see the Lord rising before dawn. He's at prayer. And we might wonder, well, okay, what, what's the temptation that the Lord's looking to resist? We find out Simon Peter comes to Jesus. He says, everybody's looking for you. Now, this is understandable, of course. You know, Christ has made an incredible impression on the people of Capernaum. He taught them with authority, healed their sick, even commanded the forces of evil to obey him. He'd worked hard into the night and there was so much success. Surely now it was time to build on that success. Surely it was time to revel in it. The temptation that Simon Peter extends is found in that simple phrase, everybody's looking for you. Now that the ministry of the Lord among his people has begun in earnest, the temptation is to make the mission about himself. But Jesus responds to Peter. Peter, who's being you know, an innocent tempter. Let us go elsewhere to the neighbouring country towns so that I can preach there too. Because that is why I came. There's the answer. The Lord hasn't come to... De- There's the answer. The Lord hasn't come to satisfy the demands of his own ego. He hasn't come to gather a fan club. He's not come to gain the esteem of people. He's come to preach and to heal. He's come to accomplish the will of the Father. You know, at first glance, we might feel for the people of Capernaum that the Lord Jesus just, you know, he leaves so soon in order to move on to the other towns in Galilee. But instead, his decision makes us even more confident in his mission and in his love. He's not come for himself. He's not come to take advantage of Peter's mother-in-law's hospitality. He's not come so that others might serve him, but that others might be saved by him. This is the Jesus to whom we draw close. We need not fear that he'll use us for his own good because he's come to do the will of the Father. So this is who we encounter in the church. The Lord Jesus who spends himself for us. I think this gospel invites us to approach the sacraments of the church in a renewed spirit to know that you know this isn't just an empty ritual, but the moment when Jesus reaches out and touches us, when he comes with love and power to heal our infirmity and to make us capable of service. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.